Greetings in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is always a pleasure to have you in our program where we just look at the Word of God. Today we are taking the Psalm, Psalm 2. It's a Salter day or Salter service where we look at Psalm 2. Our goal is that until we mature or we get to maturity in Christ, found in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13, that is our main objective that we want us, you or our listeners and our, our congregation to know that we want to be more like Christ, to be matured in our faith. Let's keep listening to the sermon and listen to what God is saying to us today. Today's title of the message, uh, actually today we are looking, we are back into the Psalter. We are taking Psalm 2. We'll be looking in the book of Psalms. We'll be taking the second Psalm. And I've titled it God's Purpose uh, for for You Shall Prevail. God's Purpose for You Shall Prevail. I will read the whole 12 verses from the ASV. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us burst the bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. Who He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy king. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me. And I will, I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, all kings, be wise. Be warned, all rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Shall we pray, thanking God for his word. Father, we thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name, we accept it into our lives. May it minister to us in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, the, 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 this is one of the psalm it is referred to as a royal psalm. It is divided into uh, four parts, and that is what we are going to look into on what the Lord is saying to us. It is very important to understand uh, the time when this was born, was written, or when this was used, when this psalm was written to reflect what the author is saying. Remember, the psalm were written for the children of Israel, either by David or by other praisers or worshippers of God, to the musicians and to the different people who were adoring and uh, uh, worshipping God for his good works that he has done for Israel and that they 
they were doing. This was a chance that they would say whenever they gather for a prayer, would say for a, a, a ceremony or a festival or whatever, they will say this. So this is one of the psalms. This is a real psalm. A real psalm is one that is actually looking into the king or the position of the king. It has a position of the king. For we know that Israel was a, a, a monarch, that there was a king who ruled in Israel. Now, it is important to understand the position of the king before you understand the psalm. The first thing that we need to know is that a position, sorry, a king had a special position in Israel. This person was anointed or selected by God. The people would not vote for the king. He was not voted by the people. It was not an issue of democracy, but he was, he was appointed by God. I'll just quote two kings that were appointed by God. The first one is David, who was anointed. If you read the first book of Samuel chapter 16, you get to realize that God sent Samuel to go to Bethlehem to anoint David. So David was the son of Jesse and then Samuel had to go there. When he came to that place, he went to Jesse and the sons were brought such that he could anoint the right one. If you get to understand, even Samuel as a prophet was not aware who actually the king was. His eyes were on the elder son whom we saw as tall, uh, maybe matured or fit enough to be kings, but the, those were not the ones. Until they were all finished and he asked him. Are the, all your sons here? And he said, there's one who's just tending the sheep. And they said, bring him. And when he came, when David came, God said, this is the one, anoint him. And he was anointed of, as king of Israel. This was private, a private event. The other king who was anointed, appointed by God, is Saul. We learn about him. They were just looking for the donkeys that were lost. They were searching for them. And then they decided, is there no man of God around, a prophet that we can approach so he can give us direction on where we need to go to get the donkeys? And they went there and they found the man of God, Samuel, who then anointed. God said, this is the one, anoint him so he can be a king. So a king is not voted in by people. He's not put there by the likes of people, but it is God himself who appoints him into this position. So in this case, uh, the, 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 as a royal psalm, it looks it from that, for, the whole situation is on that perspective. So the king in Israel, he had a special position. He assumed a very, very prominent position. Someone would be actually like a mediator between God and them. He would be the ruler of them, a person who will uh, take care of the people of Israel. He was also a person who was not just on the political space. He was also on the religious space. That's why we read about Samuel dancing when the Ark of the Covenant came into into the city of David in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14. We also read the king involved in making decisions. If you note the story of Samuel, uh, of Solomon, who made a decision, who was judging on between those two women. You remember that story. So a king was just not only a political figure, according to Israel, he was also a figure that was responsible for religious matters. Now, if we come to the story and relate it to our uh, situation, I'll just give three uh, situations where it links. 
The king here can actually represent the son Jesus Christ. It can be Jesus Christ because this person is, uh, is asking why are people fighting or is there so much noise, there is range, they, they, they want to fight this person who has been put as a king. Or because other versions they say if you look at verse 2 the people the, the people are raging and they are fighting against the Lord and against the anointed ones or the Davidic the, the Davidic uh, 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 line of royalty they are fighting that they are fighting God's anointed so who are these anointed the anointed according to this text is the king if we come to our time, the anointed one, the first one that we know is the Lord Jesus Christ. As God, people today are fighting the Lord Jesus Christ in different ways. There are those that don't believe he existed. There are different religions that are preached today that defy him as the son of God. De decisions or religions that are against Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, and the life. They have their leaders whom they claim they are the, lie, the, the, the way to, to God. Unfortunately, it is not. But I also want to bring this uh, to the understanding that it also refers to Christians. As we reflect on our lives today as the children of God, we are born again. We are the anointed ones. Because these people, verse 2 says, they are ranging against the Lord and against the anointed one. Anointed ones. So we are the anointed ones. If we read the first book of John chapter 2 verse 26, it says, I write this to you with reference to those who will deceive you. Say Jews and lead you astray. Verse 27. But as for you, the anointing, which is the appointment, 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 which you received, the anointing that we received from him, who is Jesus Christ, abides, who is Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, abides in you. Then, or so, then you have no need that anyone should instruct you. But just as his anointing teaches you concerning everything, and is true, and is no falsehood, so you must abide in him. We are the anointed people as the children of of God. So as the anointed of God, there is opposition against us as Christians. There are people who are against, there is so much range about, God, about us as Christians and people fighting us as Christians, people who are following God or as the anointed ones. As the anointed ones, it further extends to someone who is someone who has been appointed. The Bible talks about God giving people different uh, ministers in the church that they have been appointed. That those people have been anointed by God to do whatever they are supposed to do. But it extends. Anointing is not only for the church. There are people, different people that are anointed by God for his uh, purpose that we read. So there is opposition that we see here. On the appointment of uh, David it, there was an opposition. The Bible says, if you read, uh, if you read uh, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse uh, 17, it says, when uh, the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up into full force to search for him. But David heard it and went down to the strongholds. So there was an attack. Immediately he had been made a king, there was an attack. So immediately you accept Jesus Christ, the devil will attack you. Now, if you read Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers. 
Verse 2 says, And the rulers take counsel together to fight against the Lord and against his anointed. The rulers, the rulers of the earth. The devil is, the devil is fighting those who are anointed, those who are following or followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is attacking them. As we are anointed by God, based on the verse that we read in 1 John chapter 2, verse 26, we get to understand that as Christians, we are attacked. The enemy is against us as people who have chosen to live with Christ, to follow Jesus Christ, and he is attacking us in our lives in different ways. He attacks, he attacks us in different ways. Now, as Christians, I'll give the, uh, the example of being anointed to do whatever. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 6, 61 verse 1, Isaiah says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. What does that mean? He has been sent to do the work of the Lord. So God has sent his people to do his work. But there is opposition. People will fight against you. It might be in prayer. It might be in praise and worship. There will be opposition from the rulers of this world, from the rulers who will fight and the kings that are against you. Now, the, the psalm now moves when it gets to verse 4. It moves to the Lord's position. It's like God is now is talking about this, the confidence in God's ability to address the situations. These verses reveal God's positions about the situations. As the one who has anointed the king, he laughs. He laughs at the people. In his sovereignty, he just laughs at those people who are complaining about the anointed ones. Because these people he has uh, put as people that are supposed to do his work. So the first thing that we learned is that they heard the Lord. Uh, we, we, we know that the Lord laughs at them. He sees what is happening on this earth. So in other words, the Lord sees what these people who are, fight, are fighting against uh, the anointed ones are doing. So God knows everything that happens in our lives and how the enemy attacks us. He sees that. And then God confirms that this person has been anointed by, by me. Now, if we read verse 4, He who sits in the heavens who is God loves, the Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy king. So in other words, as God, he has appointed Christ. As God, he has appointed us as Christians. We have been made to be his sons, to be the anointed one. He confirms us as his child. Jesus says, uh, let me just talk about the issue of Jesus Christ. Jesus says uh, he was confirmed as the son of God. Because God said, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. If you read Matthew chapter 3 verse 17. If you read John 1 verse 12, it said, Yet to all who did receive him, who are his eyes as Christians, to those who received him, to those who believed in his name, Christians, he gave them, uh, he gave them the right to be called children of God. In other words, God confirms now to his children, to the Christians, that these are the children of God. So he laughs as the enemy attacks you. And he said, these ones I know, they are mine. I've given them a right to be called my kids, to be called my children. They are mine. 
So we belong to God as our Father. We belong to our God. If we read again Ephesians 4 verse 14, it says, So Christ himself gave uh, others the apostles, others he gave them prophets, others evangelists, other pastors, other teachers. Uh, we can also find the story in the book of, uh, of Romans where he talks about, he's talking about the spiritual gifts. In other words, I'm referring now to those anointed for spiritual ministry. They are confirmed there. So God just laughs as they oppose you. Ah, this is not a prophet. He's a false prophet because, of course, they are false prophets. But there are people God here has called evangelists. Oh, this is not an evangelist. He's just playing. God is just laughing. And he said, no, these are, my, these are my people I've chosen to do my work. They are my teachers. They are my apostles. They are my pastors. They are the teachers of the word. They are the different, they are different ministries. That's another day sermon. But God has anointed people to do his tasks. So God attests of the appointment to these people. He intervenes. Now, if we take verse 7 to verse 9, it says, Now, I tell the decree the Lord said to me. Now, the person who is attacked, the anointed one, the king, the anointed one, the Christian, says these things. Verse 7, I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my sons. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. He is approving now that he has been appointed by God. Now, the person is sure of God's approval. He's sure of God's approval in the ministry, in the anointing where he is. Secondly, we also know that he's sure of his heritage. I'm sorry, heritage. He's also sure, assurance of protection that we see. Verse 9 reveals that God protects them. Those people whom God has anointed, he protects them. People who are Christians, God protects them. If we could know how much we are attacked or how much the devil wants to devour us as Christians, as the Bible says that he's moving around, moving someone whom he may devour. So in other words, he's busy. The devil is very busy. If you look at the world today, it's clear. You, if you don't understand, I'm sorry for you, but the devil is very, very busy. He wants whom he can get to his kingdom. He is very busy. As the ruler who's attacking the anointed ones, he knows his mission is to attack them. Now, God just laughs. These are my people. I've brought them through the blood of my son, Jesus Christ, and they belong to me. Now, as they belong to me, I will protect them. Now, this is what you should know. This is actually us as Christians that we know that uh, the Bible says, I'll read verse 7 to 9. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my sons. We know we are the heirs. We are the sons of God. Today, God begot us through the Son. As for me, and I will make the nations your, uh, your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. In other words, God will extend our territory as his children. The word of God, Christianity will spread all over the world. And what you are doing in ministry will expand regardless of the oppositions that, that is there in the, in the church. Don't be uh, deceived. Those who are rulers and whatever the devil uses to attack, he can use people, he can use different scenarios that will deter you from what God called you to do. Don't be afraid. For God says you shall break them with a rod. That's verse 9. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. If I can talk of a potter, of a clay pot, if it breaks into pieces, especially when it's dry, there's absolutely nothing you can do 
other than crushing it. It's useless. They become useless. In other words, they are powerless. God assures protection and victory over those who he has anointed. No one, therefore, can stop you can stop you if God has sent you to do something. No one will stop Christianity, no matter what they say. It will continue because they are trying to fight God. Verse 2 has said they are fighting against God and against the anointed ones. So we have a God who has protected us as we are his children, as we are Christians, and as we have... Uh, uh, allowed him to take control of our lives as Christians. Now, the last part of this verse, which is from 10 to 12, I'll read. Now, therefore, all kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the ways, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are those who take Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Here, the psalmist, instead of, of fighting the people, he now gives uh, the advice. He's sure of God's protection. He's sure of God extending his heritage. He's sure that God has approved him as his son. He's sure now as a king in the king or in the issue of Israel. He's sure that my appointed, I've been anointed by God to be king. Just like David, he was sure I has been anointed by God. He experienced the anointing and someone was the, uh, the, the prophet of God who anointed. So he is sure of what he's doing. We are sure as Christians that we have been cleansed in the blood of the Lamb. We have been anointed by God. We are His. As we have read in 1 John, we are His. We have been anointed for God. Now, we are advising those who are raging against Christianity, who are fighting, that we are, they are not fighting us. The verse said, verse 2, against the Lord. And then the anointed. So as they fight us, they are fighting God. Now, this uh, psalmist now advises those people who are fighting them. He's saying to them, guys, it won't work for you. Just serve God. Kiss the sun. Just serve God and rejoice and be trembling. In other words, whatever you are trying to do will not succeed. It is only God's will that will prevail. That will prevail. For you, because you are fighting a, a battle that you will never, never, never win. Nobody has ever fought God and won. Never. You will never win if you try to fight God. So he's advising them, please just don't fight God. Don't fight God. Rather follow. They say there's a, a secular proverb that if you can't fight them, join them. So you cannot fight God. Fight God, I'm sorry. You cannot fight him. Just join him. Because those people are confirmed by God as his children. Those people are protected by God. And you cannot do anything. So the only thing that you can do, accept the situation and follow God. Now, as Christians, let's be sure. The kingdom of darkness, who are the rulers, will never conquer us. They will never take possession of us. They will never rule over us. As long as we are on this earth, let us celebrate the power of the Lord. The Lord has a purpose. He has anointed you. If I come to the one who is anointed for ministry, because the issue of ministry is very important. Nobody is saved in the church 
just for sitting down. No one. All of us. If we are 100 in your church, if we are 1,000 in the church, if we are 10,000 in your church, each and every one. Actually, if we are talking of the church, we are talking of the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, everyone has been anointed for a task. It might be the ministry of helps. It might be caring for the needy. It might be praying. It might be doing whatever, whatever, whatever. Everyone has been appointed a task according to God. So people will fight you. The enemy will fight you. He will bring fear in you that, no, you cannot do that. It is for the pastors or it is for the mom kokeli or it is for uh, the, those who are highly spiritual or whatever you can give as a reason. I'm not talented enough. I'm not. God has called each and every one of us and we've been anointed for specific purposes. So as you listen to this or as you watch me, know very well there's something God has put in you. He has anointed you for something, regardless of age. God has anointed you for something. If you have, take courage to, you have taken courage and actually engaged in the task, thank you. But if you have not, it might be an inward fear that is brought about by the enemy. Please defy the enemy and go on. And whoever then can fight you externally as a human being, just laugh at him because God will protect you. Now, as a person, as people who fear God, let's keep courage and walk with God. God will fight for us. His will about us and he, what he has anointed us for in our Christian walk, it will definitely prevail. He will fight for us. So as I conclude this sermon, I'm advising anyone who's raging against the gospel, who's fighting against God, who is fighting against the anointed ones, which is Christians, who is fighting against the anointed ones who have been called Christians, who have been called for the different ministries, or actually someone who's against someone who's working for God. It's an advice that we get from some two today that whatever you try, Whatever you try, you cannot stop God's purpose. Those people he has anointed, he protects them and they are his. What you can rather do, the best thing that you can do, other than frustrating yourself, is just to accept and serve the Lord and give him the glory. There you cannot succeed. That is all I wanted to say to you today. To encourage anyone who is cold, God is with you. And he will protect you and he will fight for you. Just keep working and doing what he has sent you. For you are anointed for a certain purpose. You are a Christian anointed for his works. You have the courage. You are protected. And God has given you power. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the word this today. It has spoken to us and we understand that it is only your will, your will, Lord, that will prevail. Someone may be discouraged, may be scared of what he has been called to do. Someone maybe is even uh, scared or not sure of his walk in the Christian walk. The enemy is, is bringing uncertainty on uh, salvation that you are not saved as you are. But Father, today you are giving them courage through your word. Your word is saying to us, 
we are protected and you have appointed us as kings you have appointed us to be christians you have given us a, a certainty that we be called the child the children of god your children through your son jesus christ so help us father to live as you want us to be, to to live and to accomplish your ministry we ask all this father in jesus name amen well, we have come to the end of our sermon today. I believe God has ministered to you through his word where he's actually telling you as his, ch his child that he loves you, he has anointed you for ministry. Don't be scared of people who are fighting against you, who are fighting you, of the enemy, the devil who is fighting you because he's always there to try to destroy God's kingdom. But God is laughing in heaven and say, this is my child who I have chosen and I've pointed and I will protect him and I've given him strength. So God is advising those people who are fighting you that it won't help. You better just worship God and go with the flow of God because you won't win this battle. God is God. Thank you for listening and I believe we will meet next time God willing. Be blessed.